Movie Sucktastic is a podcast about bad movies and the people that love them. But it's more than just a podcast. It's an, also an online presence. If you want to know more about Movie Sucktastic or want to become a part of Movie Sucktastic, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter, at Movie Sucktastic. You can find our blog at boothreviews.blogspot.com. Or if you want to give your own reviews that we might use on the show, you can go to reviews.moviesucktastic.com and check out our, our own little lunch.com community for Movie Sucktastic. Check us out and become a part of the show because the only thing more fun than a bad movie is sharing it. You're listening to Movie Sucktastic. You can all go fuck yourselves. We'll do it live. We'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! <clears throat> Fucking thing sucks! Yeah. yeah. It does fucking suck. I, I love the little guy in the back. Yeah. Because you, cause you know whoever yeah. does that is mocking, mocking him. <laughs> and that just makes it funnier. <laughs> Uh, I would say poor Bill O'Reilly, but nobody gives a fuck about Bill uh, O'Reilly. That's it for another show. Uh, welcome. That is for another show. I got audio for that guy. Welcome to Movie Sucktastic, everyone. This is uh, this is Joey. Uh, this is Scott. And and we're um, we're here to talk about movies. We're wild stat. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Pretty cool man. beginning. I mean, I don't know. You you could call that a bad movie if you wanted to. I mean. Uh, I think it would fit. You could you could call it, most. I, I hold it dearly to my heart. You could but call it, it would fit. Yeah, you could call every film a bad film, based on some criteria or another. There are very few perfect. I movies. mean, I, I I would call Schindler's List a bad film. You would. Yeah, I would. And I supplied you with that review. Of, I think you'd be. I think you'd be wrong. I I uh, supplied you with that review from William Goldman, who who uh, said that. Um, Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan is a bad film, and that so. completely—I read it, and it's just utter bullshit. I love—I love that article. It's great. You may love the article, doesn't I, mean it's a good article, I, and doesn't mean that it's correct in any way, shape, or form. And I—I I feel the same way about Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Um, now, it—it um, it, it feels like it feels like we've been out of the loop. Uh, for a while, but well, we, I think things are back on track now. We were because we were gone for like close to a month because you had stuff going on with uh, the new uh, new kid coming out, new edition. Yep, and uh, you know I had things going on too, and then uh, we just started getting we got back into it, and then last week 
I uh, I was unavailable to record because I went to the emergency room for for a, right. for for something unspecified that I will not go into because uh, because <laughs> some people might be eating and so we lost wow. that week too and so I'm coming up to a couple weeks late on this but I want to start this episode with an apology to Joe hmm. to me I owe Joey an apology. For those of you, you've already given you've already given me the apology, no, and uh, you don't have to go any further. No, no, no. I want to, this. This is important to me because uh, we've been doing the show for almost a hundred episodes now, getting close to hundred episodes. That's, that's right. And last ep- last episode we did, I I snapped at Joey. I got a bit too involved in the debate over numbers, which always irritates me when Joey uh, gets into numbers. <laughs> and so I, I I became a bit louder than normal, and you can tell if you listen back that Joey's just kind of uh, put off by that. And we discussed it afterwards, and I you know, I told him I didn't mean to do it. But I, I, I realized between that and our other podcast stuff, that I think I'm getting – I've got too much anger going, and I'm trying to get rid of I, – I need to be less angry, I think. I, I, I think some anger is good, and it adds a bit of spice, but I think lately – with all the pressures and everything else going on, I've been getting a little too angry. So I'm introducing a new aspect to the show. Okay. I've got it's it's this is uh, Scott's um, rage bell. <laughs> okay, you hear that? Uh-huh. What I have is a little bell here. Hmm. Gotta hit it just right. There you go. So as we record, if something comes up that I feel uh, instills great rage within me, instead of exploding at you or the audience. I'm just uh-huh. Hit the bell, and that will signal that Scott's angry, but he's holding back and taking a breath. <laughs> All right, I love it. So, for example, if other I, I've heard other shows use a bell like this uh, to incorporate. Uh, uh, it's called the inappropriate bell. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know, uh, I know what when they about. feel inappropriate, they'll they'll ring the bell. I would have, um, and it it does add an element. I would, it does add an element yeah, that I, I like. I would have used a buzzer or something, but I happen to have a bell handy, so I'm using the bell. So, for instance, if we were talking about, say, uh, Avatar. Mm. Just one? <laughs> Depends on what we're talking about. Okay. So, that, that's... The fact that Avatar 2 is going coming out in uh, 48 frames per second as well? <laughs> there you go. That's interesting. That's more like it. Try me out. Yeah. Oh, give, me, give me one. Give me one. Give me one. Okay. Give me something. Um, a- aim low. Come on. Aim low? All right. How about... The fact that the the new the new trailer for yeah. um, uh, you know what no I'm I'm going in the wrong direction there um, wow it's hard how about the court it it is hard when you put me on the spot I I I, I mean I, I could do something other than movies if you no if, no if you the prefer film. no film. movies movies okay come on throw me one um that's not my new system. <laughs> I'm trying to think of something that's coming out. Paranormal Activity Four, uh, yeah. that it was a success, and that they're already greenlit Paranormal Activity Five. That's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> um, I think this, I think this is going to work. I think so too. And, I think so uh, too. And and and. Luckily, to ease me into this, uh, we are reviewing today uh, um, nothing new, an older film. Uh, we just grabbed one at random that we've both seen, uh, trying just to get a little bit out of our uh, the mainstream or the obscure. And so I think Joey, uh, 
chose this one. I did. Yes. So you. How about this? So you can tell it. Billy Crystal, Meryl Streep. No, I'm sorry. Billy Crystal, Bette Midler in Parental Guidance. Have you seen the trailer for that yet? <laughs> there. You- no, I haven't. Say no. Say no more. Uh, I did choose this film, and well, the reason I the did film. was I'm saying, or are you gonna? Oh, I thought you said it already. I'm no, sorry. No, it, it's it. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's the. Uh, the <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, it's the night and day. Uh, night and day. It's the Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz film called Night and Day. Now it's. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's the night and day film uh, called Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz. This is volleyball night all over again. It sure is. Easy to serve. Joey's looking the other way. Bloody nose. I'm sorry. Go ahead. That was me. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, and what happened was I've seen this movie three or four times. And all every time I've seen it was completely unintended. I never went and, and sought out the film to watch it. It's always just been on TV. And I'm flipping through the channels. And I've, I've caught it at different times. And I've I've seen it completely at, at least once, and it was on probably about a week ago, about two in the morning. I couldn't sleep, and it was up. I was up, and it was on, and I came to the conclusion at that I really enjoy this movie, and I felt that even though we do a show about bad movies, that every once in a while, it's it's nice to do a show mm-hmm. about a good movie. I and I think this is a, a very good movie. Well, I don't know about very good. And again... No, it is very good. Well, I mean, you if we wanted to, we could make arguments mm-hmm. bad film. I'm sure we could pick a bunch of things out. And I'm not, I'm not 100% happy with the whole thing. I don't think it's what you'd call a perfect film or even a great film. But uh, No, it's not perfect. But I, I, I think I'm along the same way where I was acquiring films for my uh, Scott Flicks database. And I'd never seen Night and Day. And I said, well, you know... Give it a shot. So I think it was late at night too. I just ah, throw this one on, and I'm expecting not to like it. So okay, Tom Cruise action, goofy action thriller, what have you, and I enjoyoned it. I, I was surprised too. After I halfway through, I was like, you know, what? I'm actually enjoying this. This is actually fun. So and I thought the the oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Uh, nothing, nothing else that we can't get into later. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying. I thought the chemistry between Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz was actually quite good. Uh, I, I thought the back and forth banter between the two of them, her in the beginning of the film is attracted to Tom Cruise, thinking that it's pretty much nothing more than, you know, playful banter. And just I thought the chemistry that went specifically Tom Cruise's chemistry towards Cameron Diaz, uh, I thought was very good. I thought it was very good. I thought the way he, he kind of throws in his dialogue with her is it's it's just it's very cute you know mm-hmm. and and i just i think it just comes along i think it, it portrays to the screen it, it gets to the screen very well and i and i enjoy that and every time it's on i i have to watch it it's one of those films for me that's i think i enjoyed a little more than you it's one of those if it's on oh, i'm I, watching it i enjoyed it there's very few films i do that with you know mm-hmm. so well, but uh, i i think the biggest thing for me was how good the chemistry was between the two of them. I, 
I didn't notice any chemistry per se. I mean, for me, it's just like they just they took put two big hot stars on the screen, and the two hot stars fall for each other. I mean, it, for oh, me, it's sure. it's formulaic enough where I don't really see any chemistry. All I see is right. just positioning of box office stars for maximum profit. Well, and under, and under normal circumstances, you're absolutely right. And it's not that you're not right in this case. I just think they did intend to do that. Oh, sure. And a lot of the times, they don't give a shit about if the chemistry works. They just care about putting, you know, like you said, big box office stars in the same movie. I just think it works this time. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. I think, I think I'll go that far to say that the chemistry works. Sure. I mean, I enjoy this a hell of a lot more than I enjoyed uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Oh yeah, I mean that was just, and that's 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 one thing. If you go to the IMDb page and you look at some of the user comments, they compare this film to that a lot. And there are there are people that defend the uh, that Mr. and Mrs. Smith is the better film, and I like to call those people wrong. I mean, Mr. and Mrs. Smith not only was was it just so there was a coldness to it, but there was no. Um, the only chemistry, the only moment of that film I enjoyed was when after uh, they find out that they're both spies, and they mm-hmm. they they start they have to get away because all of a sudden all these other spies converge on them. When they start confessing all of the lies from the past, as far as like you know fake parents and fake anniversaries, all this stuff, uh, while they're killing and fighting other spies, that had a kind of tension, uh, humor, action combination that w- was perfect, perfect. And I just couldn't understand why the rest of the film couldn't master that. Yeah, re- no, and you're right. The, film was, the rest of the film, which should have been tense and, and, you know, drawing you in and humorous, I thought was just boring up until that one sequence in the middle. Maybe, yeah, middle, yeah, I say middle. And then after that, mm-hmm. just, uh, I'm not interested anymore. So. No, and, and it, I'm surprised they haven't done a sequel because of, it made a ton of fucking money. Really, I didn't even notice. I it it came and went. It, it did. It, no, it, it was a huge success. Um, and may and and it's what brought Brangelina, <laughs> as the media likes to call them, oh, together. They got together on that film. I thought you were talking about Night and Day being a huge success. No, you were talking about. I thought you switched. I thought back. you were talking about. My, oh no 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 yeah no, no Night and Day was a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now we're, now we're now my footing is square. Now I, I kind of had that feeling. I, I knew Mr. and Mrs. Smith did well. Uh, I don't know why. I do know why. Never mind. And Brangelina, whatever the hell that. It had Brangelina in it. Yep. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. yeah. No, here, I'll tell you what uh, Night and Day did. It did very. It, you know what? And it cost a lot of money too. I oh think, yeah. Uh, I, I think it cost. Cost 117 million. All right, it did okay. It, it made 76 million here, and it made well 261 million worldwide. So it did okay. It's, it's a bomb by a nobody went standards. broke. It's a well, nobody went yeah. broke, but it's still a bomb when you consider. I mean, if you don't make your money back in America, even if it's you know you're still making your money back nationwide or globally, right. it's still technically a bomb. Cause I you, agree. They, yeah, they, they don't sink $100 million into a film hoping to make half of it back in the box office. They want to make it all back. Right. You know, that's the... Yeah, Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Smith made $500 million oh, worldwide. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I, I saw it. I didn't see it in the theater, but I saw it. So I can't right. criticize people for seeing it. I can criticize people yeah, made, for spending that much money to see it. 
made almost two hundred million dollars in America. Uh, cost one hundred and ten. So I, I, I can't. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I, I agree completely. Now, um, now, um, let's let's just. I'm gonna give the. Uh, let me see. I'm gonna give the base. You want to give the synopsis of the film, so everybody knows what we're talking sure. about. They haven't seen it. Cameron Diaz is a. Just uh, what is she? I forget what she she's is. A, oh, mechanic or no? She's, she's she's a mechanic. No, she's not a mechanic. That's something she's doing on the side. She's her for her father. She's this girl. Right. She doesn't have a boyfriend. She's kind of in between everything, and she's flying to take a car part back home or something. And she bumps into yep. Tom Cruise in, in the airport. And Tom Cruise, uh, uh, you find Pretty out much later, tells her not to get on the plane, but cryptically, right. And, you know? and so when the plane goes up now, and this is one of the scenes I love uh, right off the bat. I mean, the whole thing, him and you know, Tom Cruise being cute, whatever we see it all the time. Uh, the op- the first real scene of the film is when they're on the airplane and it's just a few him, Cameron Diaz and a few people. And they start a convert. He starts a conversation whether they talk and then right. she goes into the bathroom. And we're not ruining anything here, so I don't feel I feel okay saying no, this. No, no, no. And then this when is she, all in the first ten minutes. Yeah. So when she goes back into the bathroom of the airplane, everybody on the plane, including the pilots, are actually spies, and they all try. And he he takes them all out. Like right. All of them. Right. And and then she comes out, and it's like he's trying, and he's trying to be calm and casual. He's holding a couple of drinks. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> he's holding a couple of drinks. And they, they play. And they play uh, he's trying to look all. Yeah, they play that kind of humor off perfectly, and it, it's it, it, it's a combination of her char- his charm, her uh, the innocence she pulled back in something about Mary that everybody liked, right? Which is all she's really good at. I, I personally, I'm not not knocking her, but I think that's her her big strength. That's her strength. That's her strength. Right. And there so that that combination really works. And so then you have the whole thing where. Now she's involved in this whole world of espionage, and he keeps showing up to save the day, and she keeps running away because he's crazy, you know, as far as she knows. I mean, obviously, he can't be a good guy. He keeps he keeps hurting people. And, and they and, and then you play, <laughs> he's got to go land a plane now. <laughs> yeah, and, and then they play the old game that you've seen in countless other films, where he tells them that he tells her that no, I'm the good guy. Then like the government comes and says no, he's a rogue agent. I mean, you can go back to the in-laws uses the same gimmick. Yeah, that's you know? true. Basically, this yeah. is a this is a remake of the In Laws, <laughs> except C- Cameron Diaz is playing uh, Alan Arkin. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. How cool would this? That be? is a very that is a very good. Uh, how cool very would good this analogy. Film be? How how cool would this film be if instead of Cameron Diaz, Tom Cruise is hitting on Alan Arkin? Oh, come on! All right, fine. <laughs> we'll, we'll do the, the other way around. It's, it's Peter Fox saving Cameron Diaz. How about that? Isn't he dead? Well, we'll make it a few years before this. <laughs> it's not happening either way, so I don't know why we have to okay. stop because right. he's dead. Now, you you compared it to uh, Mr. Miss. Well, I compared it to Mr. and Mrs. Smith. A lot of people did. I think everybody. And I don't compare it to it saying they're the same. I just compare it because it's similar, and I think that's where it it ends. Yeah, I like to compare it to an older film and a more obscure film, uh, mm-hmm. The Real Men. Oh, uh, John Ritter and uh, Jim Belushi. Uh, J- uh, Jim Belushi. Right. One of my all-time favorite '80s films. And it's it's. I mean, yeah, and it's we, roughly the same concept. We should we we should review. Well, see, since we're doing this, I don't know if we can review it anytime soon. We might have put should have put both of them together. Um, 
Well, I guess we still could. We're talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rambling. I didn't just do it. No, it's the same setup. But but John Ritter is the uh, you know the, the the regular guy. There's a different reason He's the why bystander. You know. Yeah, I mean just. The MacGuffin. It with Tom Cruise. It's it's smuggling a, uh, something across the country in in Cameron Diaz's luggage. In uh, Real Men, it's John Ritter's. Uh, there's a spy that died that looks just like John Ritter, so they need him to take his place. And but yeah. Jim Belushi plays this exact same role that Tom Cruise does, which is uh, nice, friendly, helping, uh, and acting like a complete smartass lunatic in the process. And so, I mean, yeah. I'm watching it, I'm, I'm keep going back to that film. And then, of course, there is the uh, in-laws uh, comparison. Uh, you could even compare it to, if we go back to The the Killers with Ashton Kutcher. Which I haven't seen, but you did review that on the show. Yes, we uh, that was a solo episode. That was a solo episode. And that's a, mm -hmm. that film's a hit and a miss. It it, uh, it it tries too hard to be not what it is, which is just a uh, an action comedy. But it's that same it's the same kind of setup as Mr. and Mrs. Smith, uh, except it's one way, which is more like a night and day. Except they're married. Uh, it, it's 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 all, it, there are a lot of films of this type, so night and day is nothing new. All that really is is just Tom Cruise. You know that's the big draw. Mm -hmm. And also, I just want to point out that we mentioned the budget. This is also one of those films that you watch where you think to yourself, just change the main character, the Bond, and tweak the screenplay a little bit, and it's, it's a James Bond film. You, yeah, you, you can very easily go that way. You got, Absolutely. You've got wacky action sequences. You have the dry humor. You have the international locales. You've got espionage. It's a James Bond film, but for you know, for all for all you know, it was originally a James Bond script that they uh, redid. Was there any trivia on the IMDb I did. Uh, for this movie? I didn't look, personally. Um, it's already there. I'll check. And you know what? To be honest, the IMDb trivia for for films like this sometimes is I, uh, you know, continue, you know, continuity errors. That, that's really all the I, trivia ever is these days. I could give a fuck who else was, <laughs> who else was offered the role. That is my number one like, like anti-trivia thing now. Oh, before is that this, a trivia? Every movie has it. Like if you you go on IMDb and half the th you have to you have to sort through like reams of just before they offered it to Tom Cruise, they offered it to Brad Pitt and blah 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 blah. Yeah, because because they offer it to twenty people, they don't pick one guy, they go down the line. That film will never get made. You throw it out to a bunch of people. It, it, it's so like here, I just found it. Uh, Chris Tucker, yeah. Chris Tucker, Adam Sandler, and Gerard Butler were all considered for the lead role before Tom Cruise signed on. I'm sure everybody in like the top tier of acting was considered. For the main role before Tom Cruise signed right. on. The first part of the trivia at the top says that Tom Cruise was slated to do The Tourist, but dropped out. Oh, thank God! To to do uh, to do this movie. Thank God, uh, don't, you can't even you can't even put Tom Cruise in the same category as. Finish my sentence. Oh, you're <laughs> Johnny Depp. Thank you. My brain froze. You can't. You can't even. I'm looking at trivia and I hear silence on the other end. I'm you, like, I don't know what's going you on. You can't put those two on the same same level. Uh, Johnny Depp would not be able to pull off. Um, uh, jo Johnny Depp wouldn't be able to pull off uh, cocktail, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Tom Cruise <laughs> could never pull off um, Dead Man. I mean, there's just no. Tom Cruise isn't. Tom Cruise is serious acting is still like big Hollywood serious acting where Johnny Depp serious acting is like art house serious acting. 
Gotcha. That may sound stupid, but trust me, it makes yeah. sense. Uh, so you, you, I can't even imagine the tourist being as much as I enjoyed it with Tom Cruise grinning around every fucking corner as opposed to Johnny Depp who played that kind of a flustered, char- flustered man out of his own sorts character right. properly. And the tourist, while similar in some regards to um, Lucky Number Slevin, Okay. Which I won't mention because it involves like ruining the the plot of those films. In Lucky Number Slevin, I didn't like it because I felt it took away from the film. Whereas in The Tourist, it added to the film. Okay. But that's that's right. neither here nor there. We're talking about Night and Day. Uh, I mean, I love. I, I like the I like this trivia. Celia Weston, who plays the mother of Tom Cruise, is only ten years older than him. Now, really? one could take that. One, they don't. One they could don't, take that a couple of ways. They don't cast people in the same age group. I I never noticed <laughs> what, this while watching Happy Days. One and, could take and, that a couple I mean, of ways, saying Tom Cruise looks so good, and Celia Weston looks so bad. She's only ten years older than him. Now, because Tom Cruise is like what forty-five. Now wait a minute. So that means she's fifty-five. You just read a trivia that's under the spoiler category. Why is that a spoiler? I have no idea. I have no idea. Ah, <laughs> uh, th- oh, you know what? I I do know why that's a spoiler. Sorry, I, I apologize to everyone. It's not a spoiler. That uh, it it kind of is because you don't that reveal doesn't happen till literally the last frame of the movie. I find it interesting that Tom Cruise took a price cut, t- took a uh, pay cut to make this. Yeah, movie. I did see that. He took pretty much half of what he normally gets, I, and you know, and I think that kind of shows in the film because you, I, I say this often. I know you do too, but you, when you watch a film, and sometimes you get to say to yourself, "They're having a ball making this movie." Yeah, yeah. it was like it was like the same feeling you got with Cabin in the Woods. It's like everyone in, or are mm-hmm. uh, dr- uh, drive angry, drive angry. Drive you angry. watch Drive Perfect Angry. Example. Everyone involved in this film is having a fucking ball. So yeah. I, and I, and every I day same- on set was fun. Yeah, and I get the same feeling. You, you just get a feeling that Tom Cruise is just enjoying the shit out of just running around acting goofy and and all, you know, James Bondish. I love the car right. chase uh, sequence where he's on the roof of the car for most of the, the car chase. Yep, great. I just yep. it's just a great combination of action and comic timing, especially when he leaps at the car like like bounces off a truck. It's just fun. Right. You know, I especially like when they when they do a car chase and. A lot of it is it isn't CGI'd, mm-hmm. which some of the, some of it was it had to be, you know, because they're yeah, it has to be, but but even when it is, this film did that even that correctly, where even though some of it was CGI, it didn't take away from the fun of the scene, whereas in some films when it's CGI, it completely takes takes you right out of the scene because all you're staring at. Is how bad it looks. Mm-hmm. How completely bad it looks. Um, and also the character development of the of Cameron Diaz with Tom Cruise, and the, the character development between the two of them, where at first she doesn't trust him, and then she does, and then she gets to the point where she's actually like trying to do spy stuff and getting in trouble, and then she doesn't trust him again, and like, it's it's a nice right. character arc of of you know what these two characters have to go through in this kind of. Uh, espionage setting where you really have to go by faith on these individuals yeah 
And uh, to continue with the plot, because we never actually got past Tom Cruise oh. wooing Cameron Diaz. That was really it, wasn't the plane. it? No, they have this device called the, the Zypher, which can power a small town. It's, like, it's probably about the size of a, a, a C battery. It's the MacGuffin. maybe even smaller. It has, it has no real bearing on the plot. It's just there to move the plot along. I'm, I'm, it really you know, it, it I, is. I, I think it, I'm it, even it, using MacGuffin incorrectly. I, I might be. I'm a little I am not right sure. Now. Uh, it's 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 um, it's not it's the it's what everybody's after. It's like the it's like the Maltese Falcon. Everybody's after it, but it's not the story. The story is ev- the, everything that's going on around it. Correct. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, so, but I was just surprised that I had fun. It was just a fun movie. I'm we, I'm sure I I could go through and pick apart small things. I didn't I didn't care for the sappy ending. I thought I, I would I would have liked the ending a bit, bit less romantic and a bit more wacky. And and. The, and that's just a fine. Bit, just a bit. I mean, just a bit. No, and that's fine. But I think, like for somebody like me, and to go back to the chemistry of the two characters, well, to like, enjoy the chemistry as much as I did, to have that like kind of you. an ending. What somebody it, like what? you? What does that mean? Somebody like you? No, I just. Well, okay, maybe I chose my words wrong there. Uh, some, I, I said somebody like me that that enjoyed the chemistry. Okay, all right. Or I should just say, I enjoyed the chemistry. There you go. And because I enjoyed the chemistry, I enjoyed the ending. Whereas you, not that you didn't care for the chemistry, it just wasn't one of the things that you liked maybe more than other things. Mm-hmm. And the ending kind of, you know, you, you wanted a different ending. I really enjoyed the chemistry between the characters, so I like the ending that much more. Because I thought it was a really nice way to end the film. Because I like the characters so much. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but, and we were discussing before we even started the show. We all had our favorite moments, and we're trying to work in where we play clips from the films that uh, that we liked. But this is one of those movies where any kind of clips that we play are really more dependent on the audio or the video, the visuals. Mm-hmm. And, and so there was just there is point, quite a bit of that. There's there's no dialogue that stands out on its own. It's all dialogue mixed in with the the scene and the elements. It's all you can't really separate it and get that same kind of feeling. Yeah, which makes it really. I think, a, I think if I really wanted to, I I could pick some good audio from it, but I'd have to watch it again. You know, to do it, it's 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 that good of an action film where really everything is dependent on the action and on the scene. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some there's 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 finally dialogue. Nothing that I think would stand out on its own that much i mean uh, not criticizing the dialogue just saying i i I wouldn't play it without the video that's all okay we're playing clips now um i don't have much else to say about the film itself but i I really don't either i would like to take this opportunity uh Mm -hmm. since we're in tom cruise land to take it take a step back and look at tom cruise as a whole Ah, look at his uh, his resume of movies, so well, to say. Not even his res- his resume, but our resume as film viewers, as far as our relationship with Tom Cruise. Uh, okay. For example, <laughs> I can tell you right now that the first time I ever saw Tom Cruise as a film goer, as a kid, was uh, mm-hmm. Risky Business. My my fir- the first time I ever saw Tom Cruise was The Outsiders. Okay. The uh, the Francis Ford Coppola film, Never- which. Basically had the the Rat Pack, I think they were called, um, and it had everybody from Tom Cruise to Emilio Estevez to Patrick Swayze to 
Thomas C. Hall. I mean, it's just every 80s movie star before they were famous, pretty much, was in that movie. And that's the first time I ever saw him was in The Outsiders. Mm -hmm. Now, that's one that I've never actually... Uh, oh, shit, you know what? I take it. No, I don't take it back. Uh, I never got around to seeing The Outsiders. It's still on my list of films I have to go back really? and Really? Yeah, I never got around to it. And, you know, when it came... It's, it's a good... It's a good coming of age film. It's it doesn't rely heavily on that, but it does have that. And it's one of those films that, uh, and I read the book. I saw the film. I enjoy both. The book Obviously by, the book. The book by S.E. Hinton. Right. Who was a, um, who was a, a young girl uh, that the publishers made her use her initials so readers wouldn't know it was written by a, a woman. It's amazing that, you know, things like that still happen they, do, they did things like that they sure happen. they still happen uh yeah well it's like uh the one actress from freaks and geeks i think she was almost 30 and she lied about her age the the uh the writer of that show oh okay um not uh, i'm sorry not the actress the writer of the show that makes more sense was like near 30 or or close to 30 and she was writing the show and she lied about her age saying that she was a lot younger because she was writing about high school kids right and when they found out her real age, the the show kind of went away. So, but uh, and, and you're right, it's that it illusion of reality in your, in your t prime time TV viewing. Yeah, yeah, people are crazy. <laughs> but I mean, and now risky business. That was my first film I saw, uh, which of course is is about yeah. everyone knows what risky business is. And then I also saw around the same time period, but I'm pretty sure I saw it later, even though it came earlier. Because we grew right. up, with, again, we're the first generation that grew up with cable television and homes, so we're young kids watching films that weren't made for young children. So the second film I saw yeah. by, by him was probably Losing It. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, to this day, because I'm looking at his um, his resume of movies, I've never seen the, the film All the Right Moves. Oh, me neither. Never saw it. Me neither. But I, I've seen just about everything else. Like risky business, I I did. That was the second thing I've ever seen him in, and the train scene in that. I mean, you know, picture a eight year old kid watching that train scene <laughs> in uh, risky business. It, it just make your head pop, right? You know, uh, oh, just a coming of age boy with urges or getting close to you know, uh, yeah, becoming a, a you know. Look at losing it. I, I, Hormones. I saw, yeah, I, I saw losing it uh, way before I was in any condition to be considering losing it. Right. Or even, or even right. on, on some levels, even fully comprehending what losing it meant. Yeah. <laughs> you know, on some level. I mean, I, I wasn't totally oblivious at that age. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, and again, he came up in all these teen sex comedies. You and I probably didn't see all the right moves for the same reason, uh, which is that we weren't in the, yeah, we weren't no. in the sports yeah. films. No. I'm not, I'm, I, I, I can I can I can I can name you a lot of films about football that I never watched as a kid. <laughs> a lot. I can name a lot. Actually, I can't. That's why. Ah. Now, then, now, and then, Legend, which. Legend. Which I didn't like as a kid because it was boring. Ridley Scott uh, directed yeah. film, uh, which I have both the theatrical and the director's cut of, of the movie. Of course, you do. Uh of course I do. Uh, I did enjoy the film Legend growing up as a kid. And although I like the theatrical cut better uh, for for the reasons that I think the soundtrack is better, uh, I, I, and it's the version I grew up with, I do like the director's cut mostly because the soundtrack is completely different 
and I like that. But the swamp scene at the end with mm-hmm. the swamp witch, um, which is one of Rob Botton's best work in film, and it's cut so short in the theatrical. It's maybe 15 seconds long. You know, Whereas I, in the director's cut, it's the full scene, and it's awesome. Yeah, no, I, I think most of my aversion to it at that age was I was never really into the fantasy stuff, and mm-hmm. and, and let's be well, fair, you're still not kind of. Uh, I'm a you, little a little more, but but that kind you're of better. But that kind of melodramatic fantasy stuff where there's a lot of talking and a lot of uh, I like talking, but not that melodramatic brooding kind of fantasy thing. And let's right. face it, at that age, I want to see uh, Tim Curry as the devil. And I want to see the midgets running around. I could care less about Tom Cruise and the girl. Right. I really, I really could. Oh, they killed a unicorn. Great. That's that. I'm just, just. <laughs> how come the devil's not running around beating people up? I, you know, it's, it's, oh, we have. Well, that's the thing. We I, have the devil in a film, and he's eating dinner. The, the devil's the problem. Eating, the devil's eating dinner. I don't want to see the devil eat dinner. I want to see the devil doing devilish things. Eating dinner is not right. devilish. And, I don't care what you're eating. And not to def- not to defend why you don't see things like that, but I think if if we were able to sit down with Ridley Scott, I can guarantee you they just didn't have the budget to have Tim Curry move around. I, I, because of what he was what he was wrapped in, like the fake fucking muscles and the red skin and the fucking uh, the, you know the the hairy fucking legs, whatever the fuck those are called. I can I can't remember for the life of me. Um, I can guarantee but, you. I can guarantee you that if we sat down with Ridley Scott. He'd say, "What the hell are you guys? Get out of my house!" <laughs> Have us arrested. Yeah. Um, uh, especially after we told him we liked Tony better. But anyway, my table. What are you guys sitting here for? <laughs> this is a very expensive table. Get the fuck off of it. It's well, fucking teak. Who we'll let you? <laughs> Who we'll let you in? Uh, no, I, I think Tim Curry. He was restricted to, to the costume well, and the obviously. makeup. Obviously. I can guarantee you, they probably had a better script for him but he couldn't do anything I, I, i'm not criticizing they just didn't have the budget i'm not criticizing the film as much as saying what my shortcomings were as a film goer uh as our as our good friend uh would say who we uh, interviewed earlier i wasn't a good audience for that film at the time <laughs> uh. now um color money I, I saw much later when i took a film theory class on coppola okay no. Not Coppola. Scorsese. Scorsese. Thank you. Scorsese. It's pronounced Scorsese. It is pronounced Scorsese, but I didn't want to get into that with you. It's pronounced Scorsese. <laughs> Watch the Oscars and, every year. And they say Scorsese. Obviously, he told someone that Psst, it's not Scorsese. Anna, did you know? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I don't, don't care. He's been called Scorsese for 20 <laughs> years, and then he's picked now to come out and 20, say about it? Probably Shut up. 35 yeah, there's a, yeah. He waited long enough. Now you don't have a choice. Now you're called you're Scorsese. Uh, I the one thing I like about the Color of Money is good film, but yeah. I love the fact that the Color of Money is the film that uh, gave the the video game Doom its name. You mentioned this before yeah, on the show. I read it, and I and I don't and I I remember the conversation. It, it was game. with someone on a plane, right? Uh, it, I, don't know where the, the, conversation, the creator no, the creator said uh it, it was an interview or something the creator said in an interview i read it i didn't just hear it word of mouth that uh, so it's got to be true because i read it somewhere that <laughs> the video game okay. developer uh loved the concept of because uh, at one point in the thing uh 
Tom Cruise has a little his little case that he brings into the pool hall, right. and he opens it up and he looks at it. And the guy says, uh, "What do you got in there?" And he says, "Doom." And <laughs> and the guy like the guy liked the idea of somebody with a laptop opening it on a plane or somewhere, and then somebody say, "Oh, what are you playing on? What do you got in there?" He's like, "Doom." So he named the game Doom. <laughs> ah. I don't know if that, you know, but that's it's apocryphal at best, even if you hear it from the horse's mouth these days. But that was the story that that's where he got the idea to call the game Doom. But uh, I mean, and that's that's where I think the color of money, uh, because I've never seen Top Gun, and I don't intend to. Okay. Uh, I think the color of money is is Tom Cruise's first real film, and what I mean by real film is like, uh, and I, I'm not counting Legend to be taken probably to be taken seriously as an actor. I'm not counting Legend because he wore tights and hopped around, so that that's not a real film. I don't care. No, I, I I think you're right. I, I think how, I don't care. I how think serious. the color of money is his a first. Let's put it this way: uh, a very serious leading actor, very serious director, yeah, and a uh, very serious leading actress, and not a positive in uh, Mary Elizabeth Mastri Antonio. Yeah, and all of those combined equaled a real acting job for Tom Cruise to show his dramatic chops. Not only that, but it was a main role, but it wasn't the lead. Technically, correct, and it wasn't now, it wasn't a completely likable role. I mean, technically, he comes was he off nominated in there too. What was he nominated in that? I bl- I'm not sure. You, that that's your. Dumb- I mean, not Paul me. Newman won the Best Actor Oscar for it, right? Um, I don't know. That's that's not my domain. Mm. That's yours. But I mean, yeah, it was the first time he played a character that you didn't like root for by the end of the film, and so that showed that he right. could pull that off. You know. And then of course he followed that up with a cocktail. <laughs> so he 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 had his audience right on track there. <laughs> uh, well, you know it's yeah he it's amazing how profitable he is. Maybe not in America so much. Mm-hmm. He kind of never was. He's had some hits here. But outside of here, he is just a, a fucking gigantic, gigantic presence on on the screen. Oh, yeah, His no, movies sure. make tons of money. If I, I and that's to... why actors like Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Stallone, they, they made okay money here. But in Europe or just outside of here, the reason why they always commanded anywhere from twenty to thirty million dollars a movie, which is ridiculous, is because of how well the movies do outside of the United States. Sure. Or North America. I need to go back and, and Tom Cruise is one of those actors. Yeah, I need to reiterate. Uh the reason that uh Legend is not a real film is that as far as I'm concerned, a real f- if if you're in a real film, that right. means you can wear your costume to the grocery store and not have them call the cops on you. <laughs> Tom Cruise walked around okay. I I lo- you know what? I really I really that's, I like that. If you, a if you lot. can't walk off, stage, that is, I, I really like that. Just, just start thinking of movies, everybody. Right now, you're listening. Seriously, think of just run a bunch of movies through your head. If that person went to the grocery store, would he be tackled or, or the police called? Yeah. If you can't leave set, if you say yes, then that. Can, <laughs> if you can't leave it. set and go to the coffee shop and then come back without like right. people just like thinking you're insane, he 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 was dressed like uh, Peter Pan. Pretty much. Yeah, he was. He was a. You know, you're. Uh, I'm the king of the fairies. Good, good for you. Good for you, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> what? what? Uh, now, uh, now, 
the 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 the, uh, the lines blur when you get to like say uh, Schindler's List. If you, you know, yeah, you don't want to walk down to the Seven Eleven wearing your Nazi uniform. I'll give you that. But well, if you take the patch off, then you're just dressing warmly. But but at least <laughs> people might ask you first. Like you wear that for a reason. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I, I'm, Is that wool? That doesn't look very comfortable. I'm, I'm not saying it's a perfect <laughs> a perfect guideline, but I'm saying it's close. Right. Okay. Close. <laughs> But so I mean, uh, cocktail, yeah. Okay, that's that's uh, that's that's him going. That's when all of a sudden everyone's offering you money after after uh, after. Yeah, he's popular in risky business, all the right moves, uh, legend, top. You know, but then between Top Gun and Color of Money, suddenly he's the shit. So that's when it's like everybody's offering. Money. Oh yeah, cocktail, yeah. do that. Nah, that was a bad idea. All right, and then. Rain Man, and then Rain Man, which again, and and again, he's following that track. He's not a bad guy, but his character isn't totally likable. So he, he knows how to play. He's not just playing. You're you're like, ah, everyone loves me. He's not Bruce Willis for right. the first half of his career. You know, born and, and you know, well, but Rain Man goes on to win Best Picture. Sure, Dustin Hoffman was Best Actor. You get um, what's his face, Barry Levinson for uh, Best Director. I mean, it wins, you know, four Oscars. Just well, does really right. well. Look at it. I mean, he's nominated for best supporting and loses. I got, I got. And he and he had this string of films that he did, which we'll get to, where he was nominated, 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 well, lost, lost, that, lost. That's what I want to point out. Look, I mean, check this out because I mean, if you think about it, he does Legend. He's you know, he's King of the Fairies, and then right. Top yeah. Gun. Top Gun gets him a lot of uh, attention, and Color Money does good. Then he does Cocktail and falls flat on his face. Right. So then, yep. after that, after he does Rain Man, which was probably he did those practically simultaneously. So we, you can say that while Rain, Rain Man's being made, he's reading reviews on Cocktail, going, "What the fuck was I thinking?" Um, yeah. In quick succession, he sticks to historical and military slash dramatic. He does Born on the Fourth of July. He does Days of Thunder. He does Far and Away. He does a few Good Men. He does the you know right. the firm. He he kind of breaks away from the history and military. Then he finally gets out of there. You got that whole that four run stretch where he's basically picking Oscar films one after the other. This is an Oscar film. This is an Oscar film. This is an Oscar film. He's like Cary Grant. Well, yeah, he's I like, mean I think after yeah he's like Cary Grant. Every after, film he's picking, he's picking because okay, this is gonna be my Oscar film. Well, yeah, I think after the Color of Money, where he got a little bit of that taste. You know where he got that that little taste, and he's like, oh, "No, no, no!" Well, I'm gonna, like you just said, he's started picking scripts that he thought he could, no, no, you know, you, get nominated. No, no, for. no. After Color of Money, he saw the money, and then he did Cocktail, and then after Cocktail, he said, "Okay, let's go back to Oscar mode." <sighs> See, here's the thing, and, and again, I don't know. He could have done. He could have made Rain Man first, and then Cocktail. They came out the same year. They were just released at different times. Well, I, I think uh, I, I'm just I'm positing that since there's a two year gap between. Um, Top Gun, Color of Money, maybe Color of Money. There's a to- Color of Money and Top Gun also '86. They're both made around the same time. Yeah. There's a two-year gap between the two where suddenly, suddenly he's mulling over scripts. Suddenly it's okay. Now I'm in demand. Now I have to, you know, I have to, now I, I guarantee he's changing managers at that, that point. And when he picks Cocktail and Rain Man, almost the same time period, it's almost like you're weighing there. Okay, uh, big name star. Uh, this is this is the money where they're offering me a lot of money. Weigh it out. And then when he starts reading those cocktails reviews, it's like, yeah, fuck this Oscar Oscar realm. That's, that's my theory. <laughs> I don't have any proof to it. Okay, I, all right. I'm just reading the tea leaves, sir. I'm just reading the tea leaves. There you go. And, I, and I'll and I'll admit, <laughs> Days of Thunder, uh, Far and Away, for, A Few Good Men, never seen them. 
Um, I've seen all three. A few good men is is so better the better of the three. It's they're all different, very different movies. Sure. Um, but, but as far as being the most enjoyable, I think few good a few good men. Now, the firm. Oh. When the firm when the <laughs> that's the same summer that Jurassic Park came out, and I specifically remember the firm. Uh, because Jurassic Park was pretty much ruling every single weekend. Number one, number one. Every weekend made the most money was number one at the box office. This is the film, The Firm, and don't ask me why I remember this. The Firm knocked Jurassic Park out of the number one spot. Yeah. And it was the number one spot. It made about $30 million in its opening weekend, which was, in 1993, huge. Because the biggest opening weekend in movie history was Jurassic Park about three weeks earlier with fifty million. Yeah. So movies were generally only making anywhere from thirty to forty, and then Jurassic Park did fifty in its opening weekend. So to have this movie do that was just just a monster success. Yeah, you know I, all I remember about the firm. What do you what, what was that? Is that the soundtrack was just a piano? <laughs> and that uh, for percussion, dun, dun. for percussion, dun, dun. The, the piano player would uh, beat the side of the dun, piano, dun, 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 dun. and then whenever there were yeah. chase scenes or tense scenes, he would like bash his fists against the piano, against the keys. <laughs> and I remember this because I was working at a projection booth at the time, and I was working right. I was working two jobs for no other reason than I was stupid, and so I'm in the projection <laughs> booth. It's a three-hour film running off of a platter, which is like a giant eight-track eight tape. Now it's all digital. Back then, they had huge, ro- you know, the whole film's on one big reel feeding out of the center. I'm sitting there, like, it's like one in the morning, last half hour of this goddamn film, because there's two idiots in town that got to see the firm, even though it does, <laughs> it, it runs to like 1.30 in the morning. And I'm trying to take like a two-hour, a one-hour nap in the in the projection booth before I go to my post office job at two in the morning. And all I'm hearing is, ding holy shit it's just reverberating it just oh i still have nightmares i still have nightmares about that now it's it's funny you should mention about say and i know you use it as an example not that it was exact that two people wanted to go see the firm at one in the morning or 12 yeah now because you worked in a theater and it made me think of the question if no one shows up for the showing do they have to show the movie? No. Why would you? Or do that? can you go home early? I can go home early. If it's the last, it's the last showing of the night. It's a tw- let's say a twelve thirty showing. Nobody bought a ticket. Do you? Do they even show the movie? No. There were plenty of nights no. we'd be there, eleven o'clock showing, and one son of a bitch would come in. Holidays. I, I used to manage a theater by myself where I would manage it and run the projection booth. It was a one screen theater. Okay. I'd be there holidays, and like people would come in. Yeah, we at Christmas Eve. I work Christmas Eve at the movie theaters, and they got two 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 people come in. Yeah, we wanted you were here to see the movie. Said, so, oh good, oh good. <laughs> I was I was hoping I could sit out here for an hour and a half longer. Thank you. And now movies fucking open on Christmas Day on purpose. Oh, they they did it back then too. I mean, but but also now they don't have projectors. No, it was I think it was rarer then, but uh, now it's kind of like a fucking event. Well, for the, for the small mom and pop owned ones, yeah, because they were in smaller towns, they knew nobody would come out. Now these bigger ones, like this year's uh, Christmas Day film, is uh, Django, Unchained. Django, uh, Django. Who's Tarantino the was uh, who's in the coffin? He, he was on. <laughs> His name is Django. 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 But we're, uh, we're off track. Yes, a little bit. Um, can I get us back on track? 
Go for it. After the firm, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Tom Cruise breaks his serious film streak with uh, the gay vampire film. Interview with the Vampire. Yes. The Vampire Chronicles. When vampires were popular. Yes. That, uh, that I did see. 18 years ago. That I did see because I, w- I saw it. Hello? Hello? I'm here. Oh, I'm you here. I can't hear myself all yeah, of a sudden. All right. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> so I panicked. I thought you couldn't hear me. Um, is this thing on? You can hear me? I can. I can't hear myself. Can you hear me? I can hear you. I just can't hear myself. Why would you, why would you want to hear yourself in the microphone? No, in the headset. I can't hear myself. Usually I can't. Why would you want to why would you want to hear yourself in your headset? I don't know. I'm just used to hearing myself. That would drive me out of my fucking mind. Okay, anyway, what I was just saying was <laughs> Anyway. Um I saw that in the theater because working at movie theaters, I got to see films for free. So I saw Vampire Lestat. Right. And and I'll I'll say Tom Cruise is actually the best part of that film. Yeah, his his uh his smart assery is is very good. Well, it's also it's basically telling Brad Pitt to stop being a baby. Yeah, it, it's you know, a nice. You want to eat? You want to eat rats? Go ahead. You know, you don't want to kill people? Fine. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't understand the main character that everyone likes. Where the whole film has been, I don't want to be immortal. Ah, uh, I'm tired of living forever. Shut the fuck up. Tom, you know, Tom Cruise at least said, "Hey, hey, hey! You, you got lem- you got lemons. You make blood. You know, hey." Oh, sound- I, I, I got to sleep during the day and go out at the most interesting part, the night. <laughs> I was doing that at that time as a as a as a post worker and a film projectionist. I was a vampire. Right. I wasn't bitching. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, no, you know what? When it first came out, it got a lot, a, not a lot of shit from me, uh, just because it's like, oh, another fucking vampire movie, vampire this. It's kind of like. The Breaking Dawn, Vampire, you know, Chronicles, all this shit that they come out with now, where I don't think twenty years from now we'll look back and look at the Twilight films and think, all right, I, you know, it, it's a lot better than I thought. It's not. It's going to be shitty twenty years from now. Whereas the Vampire Chronicles, the interview with the vampire, you look back at it. If you look back at it, it's. It's a lot better than I remembered seeing it back in 1994. It is a much better film than I remembered it uh, being. I will never look at the Twilight series or or just about any vampire film that comes out nowadays 20 years from now thinking, you know what, that's a lot better than yeah, I remembered. No, because they are shitty films that's, now. That's this like, is a lot better than I remembered. That's like comparing Frank Langella's Dracula to Love at First Bite. It's There's... <laughs> Come on! It's a different, it's a different time period. It's a different type of film. Now, you know what? If if we go through every single film of his, uh, it's going to become yeah. a three-hour episode. Are there anything, yes, any sir. specific films in his list, uh, barring the Mission Impossible series? I don't want to talk about that at all. Okay. Um, are there any of his films that you want to, me- to talk about briefly? I mean, um, off the top of my head, I want to point. I want to bring up uh, War of the Worlds just so I can repeat. Uh, the one thing that you know what I'm going to say. <laughs> I know exactly what you're going to say. I, I got to repeat it for our new <laughs> listeners. Uh, anybody who hasn't heard the older episodes, I, uh, my, my writing partner uh, Charles Rowe, I wrote some screenplays with him, and we were, and he he had two very interesting things to say about that film that I wish I was angry because I wish I thought of them first. And the first was at the end when Tom Cruise is in the big machine, and he goes, uh, he uh, uh, and he it's sucking him up. He grabs the grenade belt off of the soldier. And takes that up into the thing with them, 
But then the people pull him down, and he leaves the grenade belt behind. And, and Charles pointed out, he didn't know that they were going to pull him out. So basically, he went in as a suicide bomber, which is interesting yep. in a film made by a Jew who recently did Schindler's List. Kind of. <laughs> so that was interesting. Not enough of that. And also, he 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 told he, he mentioned that whole scene, and you know the scene I'm talking about, where it's Tom Cruise and t- uh, Tim Robbins. He didn't... What? Not to nitpick, but Schindler's List and War of the Worlds were 12 years apart. I'm, I'm talking... He, talk- <laughs> he said recently did Schindler's Well, you know, well, recently being he did Schindler's List, and he's, he's big on the Jewish thing because he's Jewish. Having a Jewish okay. filmmaker who's done films about that and who is very conscious about the Jew- Holocaust and everything else uh, in Israel... To make a, no, I get the concept. To make a, I, I just wanted to point out that they're not. <laughs> I wasn't implying. I was implying they came out one year after the other, sir. Um, but there's the scene where Tim Robbins okay. and, and uh, Tom Cruise. Yes, that I remember you uh, telling me about this, uh, and it's brilliant. They're in the ba- I, again. I wish I fucking thought of it, but I'm too honest. I can't lie and say it's my my thought. And it's t- Tim Robbins. Uh, the alien comes down there with the little girl. Well, uh, it's Tom Cruise and Tim Robbins. And it brilliantly shot scene just because Tim Robbins is like a foot and a half taller than Tom Cruise, and you'd never yeah. know. You would never know. They managed to film the entire scene where you'd never notice that he's taller than him at all. <laughs> yeah, Tim brilliant. Robbins is like 6'5". Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, he's roughly my height. And the uh, so there's the whole silent scene where uh, they're they're struggling because Tim Robbins wants to attack the alien, and Tom Cruise just wants to shut, you know, be quiet and let them pass. And at one point, Tim Tim Robbins flips, and he's gonna draw the aliens. So Tom Cruise goes into the room and shuts the door. And then there's this huge, you know, there's this like struggle in the back, and the little girl covers her ears. And then after like a couple moments of silence, Tom Cruise walks out of that room. And I remember Charles mentioning that and said, you know, imagine how that film would be, how how that how interesting that film would have been if that door opened and Tim Robbins came out. Yeah, you know, the, alien, the aliens aren't going to get us, little girl. It's like shit. That's the kind of thing I should be thinking of. I, I, yeah, I, I mean, and it's that dynamic. Hearing that, yeah, just digest that. Everyone listening, just digest that for uh, literally a second and think, how different would that movie have been if Tim Robbins walked out of that door, that doorway? And it, you're right. It would have been brilliant. That would have been brilliant. Can you imagine? Just the, the just ball. the shock value alone. The balls in the third act. To just say, okay, we're switching leads. What? There are, and there are very, very few films that have actually ever done that, and I can't think of any of mine. Right. I know there's a couple, but it takes balls to switch your lead in the third act, especially for someone. And I'll you tell you met, what. Especially for someone you haven't even met till the third act. Right. Yeah. And I'll tell you what. Uh, that's such a good idea. That's such a good idea. I would have, I would have did, if I was directing Take, that, and I and. I, Huh? The alternate scene? I no. What I would have done is shot the whole movie with Tom Cruise coming out of the doorway, and just exactly how that goes, and then shot a, a whole different third act with Tom Cruise, uh, the Tim Robbins coming out of the doorway, and with him ending the film. Oh, there's a you know, what? and then if if, if then you could have, you could go. Uh, Pick which one you like. If, if, you know, if we're doing wishes now, I, I would go back and film an entire <laughs> and film an entire sequence where Tom Cruise pulls that car to the side of the road and beats the living snot out of his whiny bitch children for a good five to ten minutes. Just a good five <laughs> minutes of shut up and do what I goddamn tell you. Is it the terrorists? <laughs> I don't do that. You'll do what you're told. 
It's not the terrorists. They're aliens. If I had, if are I, you sure it's not the terrorists? If I had the, if I had my way, Tom Cruise would have been dragged off set for child abuse after I was done filming my scene. <laughs> the only unbelievable thing in that entire film is he goes to that whole movie without backhanding one of those fucking kids once. Both of them right. should have been kicked, in, you know, kicked in the, kicked in the. Oh. <laughs> or that he, uh, <laughs> or that he voluntarily lives nice. in Newark, New Jersey. They were very nice children. <laughs> they were very very nice children. Hey, what, what else do you want to mention briefly? Uh, um, I I want to say that I I, I mean you can, we can we can mention briefly his 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 small role in Tropic Thunder. Oh, I mean I thought his as the you know the manager. Uh huh. Um, I I thought he was great as the manager. Uh, and if you don't if you haven't seen Tropic Thunder and you just want to watch just YouTube it and just watch Tom Cruise in it, and it's he's just great. Oh, yes. My favorite line, my favorite line uh, is he's on the phone and he tells who he's on the phone with to uh, to take a good step backward and go fuck themselves. <laughs> now take a good step backwards and go fuck yourself. <laughs> you know, that reminds me of uh, Magnolia, which shitty film. Everyone who disagrees with me, you, you know, you, you know, you're wrong. Just admit it. I, I disagree with you. Magnolia, you know you're you know you're wrong. You know that Magnolia is three or four great films that were cut up and shoved into one movie because everyone thought uh, what's his name was a fucking genius. Seriously. Oh, after he did Boogie Nights. Yeah, and and no one was yeah. willing to say, hey, you know, maybe you could just scale it back because these are all great ideas. These are all great characters. These are all great stories, but you're you're kind of just like losing it all in this mishmash of trying to make a point that doesn't even exist. Tom Cruise's uh, character Paul in Thomas that. Anderson. Everyone was like was referencing that character from Magnolia uh, for years afterwards, and that was a great character. It was a great dynamic. Just the, and just the, I and you want to see that character? Another another movie he got nominated for best supporting actor yeah. and lost. Thank, I mean, he got nominated. Th- thankfully, because that, that's not the role you want to win best supporting actor for. Um, respect. I think he wouldn't have minded. Respect the cock. <laughs> Is that what it was? The cock? Did you say cock? <laughs> yeah, it, yes, it was. Respect the cock. <laughs> how do you how do you not like like quote that for years afterwards? I mean, I I, I mean, I think that character should have been in uh oh which, which would he should have been that should have been like, like most of his characters. Jerry Jerry Maguire would have been so much more of a real film if that was the character in that instead of this mealy mouth womanizer two faced uh yeah. Two faced womanizer teaching other people how to be a womanizer, and, and then like the and whole, that, it's okay. And then at the end, it's like, well, I'm just gonna settle out now because uh, you know I, I've got caught lying. It's just, just there's nothing redeem, redeemable about Jerry Maguire except for that kid, the kid actor in it. There's no redeeming have qualities. You, have you seen him now? No. <laughs> I don't know what happens with with child actors. They grow a lot. <laughs> no, I know. Yes, I know, but it's it's. It's this thing that happens. It's if you have a child and they grow up, it's no big deal. You have a child actor that is now famous from a role and then grows up, they look fucking weird. That's because I think I I, I just think, and right. I think they look weird because you you you've associated yourself with the child actor. You you think they look weird because they're you associate them with Hollywood where everyone looks perfect, and so you no, grow out no, of your perfection. No. No, I, I think the little kid from Jerry Maguire, he's, a, he's a, a little, very, very cute kid, and then he grows up. Well, he's not the little cute kid anymore. He just looks fucking weird to me. 
Well, we're, we're, we're back to your hatred of like children in, in films, which comes up <laughs> repeatedly. It does? Yeah, listen back. I, I mention it every now and then. Uh, oh, okay. Now, I, <laughs> I, think I, 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 very, I love the fact that Tom Cruise did Eyes Wide Shut mm-hmm. and Vanilla Sky. Right. Uh, and Eyes Wide Shut being, um, being uh, Stanley Kubrick's last film. Right. He actually died shortly after completing it. Now, Eyes I don't w- even think he was on the editing room floor. He died. Someone yeah. else had to edit it. Now, you could say, oh, it's not a brave film to make because it's Kubrick, but it's a brave film to make because you know going into it that most people aren't going to understand. You, you, you can read that screenplay and say, okay, most people aren't going to get this film. And it's, right. it's going to get pushed aside because people don't get the movie. I thought it was a brilliant film, and I under—I got the film. I get it. Uh, I haven't seen it in years. Yeah, I should revisit it. It, it. it is a brilliant movie, but I, I thought it took guts on his level to do a film like that just because you know you're putting yourself in a category that a lot of people aren't. From the guy that did Cocktail, you're, you're not putting yourself in yeah. – you're, you're, fran- you're not putting your brand in a film that's easily recognizable to the general public. You're not building upon your, your, uh, your model so to speak. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting. And Vanilla Sky, which is a, is a remake of a low-budget Spanish sci-fi film, technically sci-fi, uh, I, I just think it was interesting that he chose to do that, especially uh, after Mission Impossible 2. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what it is, too. Vanilla Sky was done by Zemeckis, and he was... Zemeckis was hit or miss... Oh uh, no, that wasn't Zemeckis. Who was it? It was um, oh, it's the guy that did fucking almost uh, Cameron Crowe. Crow, uh, Cameron oh, that's, right. Crow. that's right, that's right. Yeah, uh, and it was a very different film for Cameron Crowe. Uh, I mean, because he did uh, he did Almost Famous. He was doing movies like that, uh, singles. Right. This was completely different. It was a completely different film for just about everybody. I mean, no, no. Tom Cruise didn't even ha- hadn't done a film ca- quite like Vanilla Sky. Now, I have not read any anything that confirms that this is true, but I'm going to mm-hmm. tell you for a fact that the reason Vanilla Sky is called Vanilla Sky is because no. the original film was called Open Your Eyes. And you can't, oh. and you can't make Open Your Eyes after you made Eyes Wide Shut. <laughs> Unless it's the same filmmaker. You just can't do it. <laughs> and I think that I think it's one thing that hurt the film because Vanilla Sky doesn't mean anything. It really no, doesn't. No, it doesn't. It's, it's a, and and that, that explains the scene in the movie it's a where great, Tom Cruise is in... It's a great title for a book of poetry. Don't get me wrong. Okay. But you can't be that creative with your titles when you're making films. I, I know, And I know I've argued that they need to be more creative. That's too creative. <laughs> Open your eyes and it to be nice in the middle there. And it explains why um, uh, Tom Cruise is in bed and his alarm clock is Penelope Cruz's voice just saying, open your eyes over and over and over, which gets fucking redundant. But that, um, there's a reason for that. I, I, don't, I don't personally like Penelope Cruz. Have you seen the film? You've seen the film? I've seen the film. Oh, yeah. 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 You, you liked it, right? I, I did. Did you ever see the original? Uh, I haven't. I thought it was a. Very, I didn't even know it was a remake till you just mentioned it. Now it's a very interesting adaptation. I do recommend seeing the original too. Uh, okay. But I like it as a remake. I, th- I think the only other film that's that's more interesting that, uh, is Collateral, just because he finally played a bad guy. I mean, a straight up bad guy, not yeah. a not and, a misunderstood and, guy or an asshole. He just played a bad guy. 
and I haven't seen that yet. You still haven't seen Collateral? I, I, I have not seen Collateral. And that movie's 10 years old at this point, I think? Uh, yes, almost. 2004. Almost. Eight year, it's eight years. I remember when it came out. came out in 2004. I remember when it came out, I'm like, I need to see this movie. One, it's a Michael Mann film. I tend to like Michael Mann's stuff. Mm -hmm. Two, Tom Cruise, completely out of his comfort zone, plays a bad guy. And I said, I need to see it because of that, too. Yeah. And eight years later, I haven't seen it. <laughs> Back when I had time to watch shit. Yeah, right? I still hadn't seen it. So, But, I mean, I, I think his most interesting films that he does are the ones that aren't so mainstream. And the fact that he... Right. I mean, and I, every almost every actor who becomes famous does films that aren't mainstream. Every, every actor goes back to just picking films that, that are interesting and that they like. But when you think Tom Cruise, you really think just like... Uh, you really think just the Ray-Bans and Smile uh, and Franchise, you know, Mission Impossible. Right. I mean, and it's interesting that he's maintained... You know, when you look at like the Bond films, you have all these guys that get out of the Bond films. Oh, you know, I don't want to be typecast. Here's a guy who's created his own franchise and, be, you know, cast himself in the role of, of the lead of the franchise. And throughout sequels to the franchise has done a variety of different types of films in between. Everything from sci-fi to, to art house to serious to uh, Tropic Thunder. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's literally visited... Every area. Now I'm looking at his I'm about resume. Every area. Close. Well, let's see. He's got Victorian with the vampire film. He's got sci-fi. Yeah. He's got action. He's got um, historical. Obviously, he's got military. He's got sports. Uh, what's what's comedy? Uh, romantic comedy. Uh, well, he, with uh, Tropic Thunder, did straight comedy. Even though he's just a supporting yep. role. Um, I think he's kind of visited every he everywhere. Has, he has not done a straight horror film. I don't straight up horror movie. Straight up horror movie. Uh, the the closest you would come would be War of the Worlds, and that definitely doesn't count. That's sci-fi. Well, uh, I'm looking at his resume. It's funny you should mention that. Uh, he's announced to be in the new Van Helsing film. Oh. <laughs> and I, I would imagine that that would film. that could fall it could fall it into the category now, as horror. That's a horror. Depends on what they do with it. I mean, it comes back as an R-rated film. Wait, wait, repeat then, that again. Repeat yeah, that again. probably fall in it. What, what, what film is he going to be doing? Van Helsing. <laughs> this is a film that's, what, not even 10 years old being rebooted? Reboot? You could say he's even done a musical with Rock of Ages. I was just about to say that. Uh, yep. I, I want And I want to see Jack Reacher. I real That second trailer yeah. sold me. First trailer was too The first one... Too ambiguous. Well, the first one I, I, I thought, okay, I, this looks interesting. You know, it looks like it'll be a good adaptation. And then that second trail, I don't know if it's the, the style of music that they use to really tie the scenes together, to really push uh, his character, but that second trailer just sold me. I'll, I'll, I'll be even... Now I'm, I'm all over it. I want to see it. I'll, I'll even tell you why you like the second trailer better. The second trailer is Tom Cruise. Okay. I mean, really, it's, it's... Okay. I mean... People like to say, and it, people like to say that, oh, you know, like Christopher Walken, I'll watch anything he's in, et cetera, et cetera. Tom Cruise has, just like uh, Walken has his his stance and his uh, and his delivery, just like other actors, you know, like how um, uh, um, Man on Fire, 
Denzel Washington. How oh, Denzel, Denzel Washington. Denzel has the over-the-shoulder look. How Schwarzenegger has the... Ar, right. ar, ar, ar. Every actor's got, <laughs> like, like shticks that like that you just enjoy watching because you used to. And Tom Cruise has uh, that humor, that, like, impish humor that was shown in the trailer. He has that okay. serious, like, straightforward drama voice, which is in the trailer. And he's got that kind of like action voice or action attitude, which is in the trailer. They showed the, all the sides of Tom Cruise in that trailer, and those are all the sides that made that made you like um, War of the Worlds, or they made you like uh, Valkyrie, or they made you like uh, um, Night and Day. Those are the sides right. of Tom Cruise that everyone likes. So they showed them in that trailer. That first trailer, you didn't see those. You just saw Tom Cruise. Like, well, this looks lame. Now you're like, oh, it's Tom Cruise in it now. I, I, Personally, I think that's what the appeal is of the second trailer. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it's a bad movie or that the it, the film doesn't stand on its own, but right. you, you, this is a this is just that kind of film where, uh, some of the audience is going to be fans of the original novels. Majority of your audience is going to see Tom Cruise. That's it. No, true, very true. That's just my so. theory. Thank God they're <laughs> Mission Impossible Five, Van Helsing, and All You Need Is Kill. What does All You Need Is Kill? That's an interesting title. I did see that. A soldier fighting in a war... Colonel Bill Cage. A a soldier fighting in a war with aliens finds himself caught in a time loop of his last day in the battle, though he becomes better skilled along the way. It's a time travel movie with aliens. (laughs) Oh, it's, (laughs) it's based on a Japanese novel. Now I'm interested. Oh, now this is coming out March 2014. If you look at the poster, it looks like Gears of War. Yeah, it kind of does. Yeah. Now I'm interested. Uh, Jap- based on a Japanese novel. Um, it, it's, oh, it's got like five screenwriters. Wow. Oh, that's not, yeah, that's, that's not good. That's not good. And, uh, okay, that screenwriter's done nothing. Dante Harper, done nothing. Joby Harold, uh... Has done- okay, Rob Roberto Orchi. Yeah, he um, and Christopher McQuarrie. Yeah, I mean, come on, though they're veterans. Give me something they did that McQuarrie. I like. Christopher McQuarrie, Christopher yeah. McQuarrie, Way of the Gun. Uh, Way of the Gun, Usual Suspects. He he wrote The Tourist. He wrote he wrote Jack Reacher. Um. I see. No, cow- I mean, I see- Chris McQuarrie. You know, he's uh, I see cowboys, he's a veteran. I see cowboys and aliens in here. I see- but not by uh, by one of them. McQuarrie. By, by one of them. I see. Uh huh. And Roberto Orchi, he um. Okay, the island. Make- okay. See, a Roberto lot of these guys Orchi. are are uh, fixers. They're they're, they're yeah, fixers. Roberto Orchi, he um, he Mission Impossible three. He Star Trek, the original Star Trek, uh, two, both Transformers films. Um, he's the one that wrote Cowboys and Aliens. Yeah, I, I, I got it. Yeah. But I, you know what? He's doing the new Star Trek film. He's doing the new Spider-Man film. He's doing the new Van doesn't, Helsing. Doesn't mean it's a bad movie, but I got the feeling this is the kind of thing where uh, they someone optioned this Japanese novel. They got the op, the film option rights to it. They hired somebody to write the screenplay. They wrote it. Right. And they hired two more people to rewrite it and then they hired two more people to polish it it's just one of those things it's uh which sometimes it's a bad sign but sometimes it's just how hollywood works 
Well, I'll tell you what. The they, only thing that one thing they looks... do, the one thing that Hollywood's good at is buying a product and saying, "Good, we yeah. bought that because of what it is. Now let's change it to something else because we don't think that'll sell." Now, but here's the thing. Just look at every comic book I, film made in like the '80s. That's that's where that comes down to. Yeah. Although this might be different because be. I looked at Alex Kurtzman. He is. Uh, his projects are literally the exact same projects as Roberto Orchi. So they might be a writing team. Yeah, no, that's what I'm because saying. I'm looking at I'm looking at his resume, and it's all the same exact movies. Well, the, it is all the way team. down to the new Star Trek film, to the original Star Trek film. Uh, he wrote Eagle Eye, that's, which I liked. But that, that's um, that's why it's a writing team. That's what I'm saying. You get one person that writes that spec script. And then it gets purchased. They get they option it, and then they people option say, okay, this is good, but we need to make it Hollywood. And so they give it to a writing group to rewrite, a writing team to rewrite, which in this case might be Joby, uh, Joby Harold right. and Alex Kurtzman, Kurtzman. And then th when that's done, they sell that. So, okay, that's good, but we need to polish it. I want to make some things. Let me give it to my team, and you know they they have their writers on retainer. They send it over to Kristen McQuarrie and Robert Orchi. And since again, you're seeing them on all these other films because they're polishers. They go through and they make changes and they they make the tweaks that they know that their guys want because they, they yeah. know exactly what their producers want in their films. They they put the formula in there. So definitely, yeah. Well, I'll, definitely I'll right. tell you right now, this Joby Harold and the Don and Dante Harper, they're the nothing screenwriters, and I'm hoping that because they're so close up to the top, they're not the maybe. I'm hoping that they submitted it. And then everyone else below polished it because if they if that is the the order, then I'm confident it'll be good. That, that's definitely the order. If it, if it's gone the other way around, where uh, somebody like Roberto Orchi or uh, Macquarie or Kurtzman wrote it, and then you got these two chuckleheads polishing it up, first of all, why would you polish up anything that those three have done since they're they're veterans? They're seasoned well, but, veterans. But, and, but don't, don't forget, too, that doesn't mean the original screenplay is bad. There's a difference between writing a screenplay and writing a mm -hmm. $100 million screenplay. Okay. Basically, there's a $100 million difference between the two of those. And the thing is, two of the three, Kurtzman and Orchie, have written $100 million, $200 million screenplays. I mean, just the Star Trek and the Transformers films alone, the you know average budget on those films are around $200 million. All I care is that Kate Hawley is doing costume design. That's it. I'm in. <laughs> what else has she done? I don't, have, I don't know. I, I mean, oh, uh, great stuff. She's done lots of stuff. Oh, okay, good. Uh, no, she's Kate done Hawley. She's done Pacific Rim on a clear day in the ride. What am I thinking? She did I the lovely bones. I was, I she was, did the lovely bones. That was uh that was costume and wardrobe She's... department. She wasn't the designer. Oh, there's a difference. She, she know, gets she a was... pass for that. Yeah, she gets a pass for the lovely bones. Okay. The costumes were okay anyway. in the lovely bones. The main problem with the lovely bones is that it painted the seventies as this like idyllic dream world. It did, and that that's more Peter Jackson's fault. It it, but... it made the seventies look like we look at the fifties. And. <laughs> And while I'm willing to believe that the 50s were like that, there's no way in hell I'm going to even come close to believing the 70s were anything close to like that. Sorry. No, I haven't. <laughs> the good old days. Yeah, no. There's no. The 70s and good old days don't, even for me, and I, I was born in the 70s, No, that's not the same thing. Nah. Uh, that was not good old days for anybody. <laughs> I, I think uh, Bobcat Goldway said it, said it uh, best that the 70s was, was the lowest fucking cultural point ever in the history of the planet. <clears throat> Yeah, I think he's right. I think he's right. 
Well, we, we went we went right. we went pretty long on Tom Cruise. I think we did. Yeah, um, I think we did. Off the top of your head, uh, after everything we just said, your favorite Tom Cruise film, the one you'd watch over and over again. <sighs> yeah, you know, I, I, and I, and I, I, I I'm regretting asking that question now. <laughs> well, uh, you know what? I'd I'd hate to be cliche and say night and day, but. As of right now, in my head, I I, okay. I think it might be night and day. Anyway, all right. Favorite, right, best serious film, and then best fun film. Best serious film. That you'd watch over and over again. You know, I, I'm real partial to Rain Man. Uh, I really am. I'd go... Uh, uh, my my film snob side is kind of kicking in here for for serious. I'm gonna go eyes wide shut, watching over and over again, just because I thought it was a very intriguing film. Uh, I probably regret. Okay. I, I probably take that back in a week, but at the moment I'm gonna say that. And you're going with Night and Day for your favorite Tom Cruise fun film. I, I've got to go. Pro- Ghost Protocol. You know what? I'm going Ghost, Ghost Protocol. Protocol. I, I I haven't seen it yet. Dude, I loved Ghost Protocol so. I heard, I heard it was awesome. It is so much fun. The action sequences, the fun, it is so much fun. I loved it. Out of all the Mission Impossible films, uh, first one's okay. Second one sucked. I hate to say it. Right. Fuck. Third one, in my opinion, was is the best of the first three. I haven't seen Ghost Protocol, the, but the, I think the third one is the best one as far as being a good film. I think the right. fourth one is just the most fun. Just okay. Bam, just fun. And it's one of those films where my wife tells me that, "Well, I want to see that too." <laughs> okay, that's why we haven't seen it. It's 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 a year later, year and a half later. Still haven't seen Wanted. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I liked Wanted. You got to. I haven't it. seen it yet, oh, dude. I'm gonna watch it tonight. Oh, I want to yeah. see that. And then finally, she tells me you can go ahead and watch it. Literally, like four years later, yeah, you can go watch that. You know, you, you just watch it. Stop, stop playing the game. Just watch it. You're too old now. I and I'm and I'm, I will. I have to now. Yeah, you got to you got you got to stop playing that game. Um, I <laughs> I want to mention before we wrap up the show that mm-hmm. uh, as I, I am a um, as most of our repeat listeners will know, I am uh, what you would call an uh, uh, oh. My brain is killing me. Aficionado? No, I am an untraditional student. I went back to college years after I should have actually gone. Uh, I'm just finishing up my AFA now in creative writing, uh, moving on to a BFA in creative writing because because um, a liberal arts degree was too useful. So I wanted to get a degree that was really useful. Uh-huh. That's called sarcasm. Look that up. And hmm. I, I'm in a class. I'm in a writing group now with a bunch of uh, kids, I guess you could say. I have I have 20 years on most of these kids, but we're in a writing group and everything, and we get along, we have fun. Uh, I've got the same, uh, it, um, what do you call it, immaturity, as they do, so we kind of get along fine. And apparently, a lot of them want to go, want to get our writing group together to go see uh, uh, the Hobbit. <laughs> now, 24 frames per second or 48 frames Probably per second? Probably 20. In my area, it's 24 frames per second. <laughs> Okay. You, I, you may actually walk out enjoying it more if you do see it in the 24. But my, my point is, if I go with them, um, which, again, we're talking about a bunch of teenagers and then a 40-year-old guy walking behind them, I feel a little creepy. Right. 
<laughs> yeah. At what point do I just lie and say? Why are most uh, are most of these people girls? No, no, not at all. Not at all. It's, 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 it's a nice mix. Fine. But it's it, at what point do I just say I'm their uncle? I'm, it's just it, it, I should. <laughs> you know, think about when the original Lord of the Rings trilogy came out. Half of these the, these kids were probably out of diapers by about five yeah, years. And, and there are certain uh, uh, portions of society, uh, large portions, who would say that someone my age doesn't really. Uh, belong hanging out with teenagers watching a film about hobbits uh and i i agree with that but i've approached some of them and i'm trying to do is get to them together that if we go see the if i go to see the hobbit with them uh god forbid that i, I asked if they would review it on the on the show on the podcast all of them uh it's gonna be like a like a group yeah so what i, what I would like try group would, yeah okay. what i probably try to do is if we see it together have them like meet the next day at the at the college if it's open, and if not, we'll, you know, maybe meet in my place or something, or someplace neutral, God forbid, and uh, do like and a roundtable, a roundtable discussion, and get you know these fresh voices in to review a film that I'm already going into, uh, not that interested in. I see. Now, would I be in on this uh, review, or is this something separate? This would, pro- this would probably be something separate because I'd probably have to do it uh, like just with the big microphone around a table and have like three or four people I get talking. You. So it probably it wouldn't be a whole. It probably we we'd probably play it during or attach it to our episode instead of like just having it a whole episode by itself. I don't know. Or if if I can go see it when you do, I can phone it. I can phone in. Uh, and, again, and we I, can review it that I way together. I don't want to build this up too much because I don't even know what's going to come through. They may all just say, screw it. I, I understand. But, I understand. But it's a possibility coming out there. And I have to mention before we go real quick, and it's only take a second. Um, I have that new TV. Purchased a new TV. Okay. It's a 3D TV. I admit that. Not on purpose. It was it was part of the deal. And And... It's it. So you you did end up getting a 3D television. 1080 1080p, uh, 120 megahertz, the whole nine yards. I don't care about that. I was. You did get a, a 3D television. But I'm not using the 3D portion of it. I don't care. Uh, the fact that <laughs> you've been just lambasting me. It was a me gift. It was for a gift. saying that I might buy one for video games if they utilized it properly. But now you own one before I do. It was a gift for my girlfriend. <laughs> and and her obnoxious children. Okay. And that's a that, that's that's a term of endearment. Uh, but you you purchased it. But but not for me. And made the decision that you'd be getting the three D TV. No, I, I made the decision on the TV, and I couldn't find the same TV without three D, so I had to purchase the three D. You're belaboring a point that I didn't want to get to. But that's my point. No, no, no. The fact that by the time I do buy another television, I'll have no choice but to buy one with 3D, and I get I get kicked in the nuts for it. No, no, ignore the 3D <laughs> part. That's not important. That's not important. All right, go ahead. I'm totally go focusing ahead. on the wrong part here, Joey. The, the fact that you were right and I'm wrong has nothing to do with this. I, okay. so last night on Netflix, uh-huh. Bad Boys 2 is now available on Netflix streaming, and it's one How of the TV. And it's one of the TVs where you can get Netflix right on the television. It's like programmed into it. It's like an app on the TV. So, right. It's a smart TV. Right. So I'm, I put on Bad Boys 2, and it looks like 48 frames per second. Oh. Uh, I don't know why. It, 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 was, it looked like video. And it I kept, can tell you why. Because 
because uh, it's 120 hertz. Yeah. Okay, that needs to be turned off. Really? There's something in there's something in these new TVs, the 120 hertz or the 240 or whatever you buy, 480 hertz. Uh, it's called smooth motion. Every TV that utilizes this calls it something different. Okay. Regardless of that fact, that needs to be turned off because the that speed mm-hmm. has not been utilized properly yet. What you need to do is turn that off so that the TV runs in 60 hertz, okay. which is what every fucking single TV and monitor runs in normally. And that's why when you watch something like a movie or television and it's running in 120 or 240 or anything above that, it looks like fucking video. It, uh, now, it, it looks because it, it speeds up. Now it's, it's, the vi- it speeds up. It looks absolutely atrocious. It's fortuitous that this occur- happened to me. Because I'm sitting there watching this film that I've seen before, and I already know I like the film, and right. it was actually in- impeding my enjoyment of the film because absolutely it it loses that cinematic quality when it looks like somebody's videotaping it. It really does. Every I, every review it does that to everything, by the way. Yeah. So every review everything I, 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 I put a TV show, American Horror Story, or something. Is that what it's called? That new show everyone likes. Yep, American Horror Story. It started up it's a good I, show. I started it up, and at the first two minutes, I was like, what is this directed TV shit? What the hell is this? It looked shitty as hell because it looked like somebody filmed it with their like the with their video camera they borrowed from the school. Yep. And I'm watching. Bad you need Boys to go into too. the settings and turn it off. I'm watching Bad Boys too, cause cause I I am a huge fan of Michael Bay. All you haters have no basis for your criticism whatsoever. All you hate is gonna hate. Uh, yeah, and <laughs> yeah, th- there's like every scene that where the, the lighting looks different, uh, the contrast yep. is different, the depth of field is different because it looks like you're watching uh, like a, a news report. And every I first uh, every I first experience that with the tv that i got from my parents uh-huh. and i'm i'm watching it and a movie comes on i forget what movie but it was it had that effect and i'm like i don't remember this movie looking like this and then i'll flip through the manual and then i realize oh shit i have to turn off the smooth motion and so that it runs at 60 hertz oh it's that so every review you've read where people complain about the 48 frames per second i that's first you get it now that's first-hand experience of why they keep saying yeah it's pretty but it ruins the film because yep. that because it's, it's not that my brain can't handle the reality <laughs> my favorite part of that article is when he says the 48 frames per second is so clear you can see Ian mckellen's contact lenses yeah and and you can see the shitty cgi and you can yep. see the sets that were built because because when when they when they make fake rocks for film, they don't make them so that they're that they're uh, they look like real rocks to the naked eye. They make them so they look like real rocks on film. Yeah, because they know there's there's you can't make that yeah. little bit of the of that blur because it's it's twenty four frames. Right, it's smooth. There's a it grain. just has that soft that soft gr- right grain. There's a grain. that real yeah. film feel to it. Even whereas the forty eight frames. Like you said, it it looks like video. It looks like your daytime soap opera, and that's not a good thing. I don't care. I don't care what how how high def any film you're watching is. There's a grain. There's a contrast. There's a tint. There's a filter. There's a film. There's a cinematic quality to it. And when you take that yep. away, 
you're just watching somebody's you know it, it was very distracting and 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 that was watching a film i've already seen countless times yeah i know what's going to happen and i'm so imagine trying to take that in when you're watching a film for the first time and you keep getting distracted because with the like the light i mean literally the lighting looks different it's harsh it's terrible it's harsher no it's, har- it, it's it's not good no, and everything is sped up too everything moves a little bit quicker which is why you get that video look because it's actually moving a, a lot faster than your standard 24 frames i had that feeling during the during parts of it too it's like this feels like it's sped up or it's jumping and it was it's it's intended for 3d and it's intended for sports right or anything that's fast moving mm-hmm. if you watch a, a balls a you know balls of the wall action film where it there's never any slow parts you'd probably get away with it because if as long as the screen is moving very fast, you don't notice it as much. But, you will notice it, but, but not as much. Right, but the slow scenes, and, and i got a feeling They're Hobbit awful. has a lot of slow scenes. Yeah, I, I a 300-page book made into a 9- to 12-hour movie, it's going to be a little fucking slow. i I got a feeling there's going to be a little bit of slow scenes. No wonder Gandalf seems to be fact, too fast. The fact, yeah, the fact that they took a three hundred page book and cut it into two parts pisses me off. The fact that they're now cutting into three pisses me off even fucking more. Yeah. I, 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 I thank you. I, I think the fact that it's an, uh, it's Peter Jackson coming out. It's an interesting choice, saying, Joey. What it's is? A, it's an interesting oh, choice. You. Yes, I think the fact that Peter Jackson comes out and he says, "Well, when we filmed The Hobbit." part one and two we decided to go to a third movie because we we don't feel that the entire story is being told so we're going to do reshoots and what i'm hearing is well we decided that making the film in the two parts and making uh anywhere from two to three billion dollars isn't enough making anywhere from three to four billion dollars because we're adding a third film Exactly. I agree. So it's disingenuous. It's complete bullshit. Don't let anyone fucking fool you that they're making three movies to tell you the full story. The book is 300 fucking pages. It's not that fucking complex. Now, see, when I when I asked you to help me test out the anger bell before, how come we just didn't le- <laughs> launch right into this? I- you know, I was thinking The Hobbit, and I was thinking maybe it was too soon to do that. <laughs> But I'm, I'm glad. Call. Yeah, you can't go from zero to sixty on this kind of thing. You got to work your way into it. Very, very. You build. You build your way up to very it. Very good. Um, but, but but yeah, it's yeah. bullshit. I yeah. mean, come on. And you know, it's each cut. Each film is going to be three hours, and then they're going to release an extended cut, which is going to be four hours. So it's going to be a twelve-hour movie based on a three-hundred-page fucking book. It's practically a fucking novella. Well, I tell you I what. Mean, come on. I tell you what. If if I do uh, end up seeing the film with my writing uh, uh, workshop. Uh, yeah, uh, and we do get a chance to see it in forty-eight frames per second. Uh, you'll definitely get a wide spectrum of, of of insight into how that appears to a regular audience, and not just uh, film snobs I like think, us. I think I have to see it in forty-eight frames per second. I know, just so I can say I did, and then never see another I, movie in forty-eight frames per second. Again. I don't know. I don't know if I can handle being angry for three hours straight, though. <laughs> I don't know if I can handle that. I, I need I need to see it there's, in forty eight frames. There's only I need to see it in forty eight frames. I have to. Only, I have to 
then prove my point I'd to, to myself. I have to sneak in and watch five minutes and come out because there's, I can't imagine sitting there for three hours and and ha- mentally mentally screaming what the fuck repeatedly in my head. Not, I, I can't I can't I can't I can't bring the bell with me. Yeah. And the, they'll throw me out. Anywhere from fifteen to twenty dollars per ticket to see it in forty-eight frames. Yeah, I don't think I can do that. Yeah, Quentin Tarantino was being interviewed today, and I listened to most of it. And it was that he was asked if he is for or against these films that are coming out digitally like this, the forty-eight frames and whatnot. Uh huh. And he absolutely loathes the digital uh, film era. He is a very, very big supporter of. Uh, film, regular, you know, analog film, not digital. Uh, he says that it's more realistic. It's 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 better. You can show your artistic, uh, you know, value to the movie much more. Uh, he's not. He does. And I I like I like Tarantino before, but just the fact that I know that he hates digital makes me like him even more. That, that's because he has not been offered. He has not been offered a piece of the pie. <sighs> You know, he was offered. I like he was offered the new Star Wars films, and he turned it down. Yeah, but he... <laughs> I mean, it's not his type of film anyway. But you got to think too. It's not like his movies don't make any money. His movies make fucking money. It, he, I, if he really wanted what... to go digital, it would. He could. He could do it very I, easily. I he just doesn't want to. I don't know what's funnier: Tarantino doing a Star <laughs> Wars film or Tarantino yeah. doing a Disney film. Wait, I know. Tarantino doing a Disney Star Wars film. That's what's funnier. <laughs> All right, let's wrap but it up. He, let's, let's. They did offer it to him. All right. And that's why you should be very, very scared. <laughs> <laughs> this, this has been Movie Sucktastic, the angry free version. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Episode 93, uh, finishing that up. If you want to listen to any of our episodes, please go to iTunes and do so. Please leave us some reviews. Also, we go always to, like those. Also, go to our uh, website, moviesucktastic.com, or go to our Facebook page, moviesucktastic. Or you can check. That's right. Or you can check. Uh, you uh, can, yeah, go ahead. No, you can download all our episodes at moviesucktastic.com. You can, you can even, the live stream that we're doing right now, you can get that from there as well. You can also, you can leave also, us. You can also yeah. download the episodes on our Facebook page. Oh, that's right. You can. Not all of them, but I'm getting them up. I'm getting them up slowly. Yes. The newest. Correct. Ones, the newest ones you can download. All the ones coming. Uh, you can also email us at themovieguys at moviesucktastic.com. and you can also leave us voicemail Please. at 908-514-4470. Please leave us voicemail. Please. Yes, with our, our dandy new uh, you know our dandy new message that we have on there. That, oh, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know I, uh, I keep doing that. I'm sorry. Uh, do you have any wisdom? Uh. Okay. <laughs> Good enough. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for joining us. Bye bye. See you then.